0: Take these words in that I say that resonate with you and hold them deep, deep inside you. And thank you again for showing up this morning. There is only one source in this universe, one power, one mind, one God, one spirit. I know this to be true. The source, this entity is always present around us in us, through us, and as us, always, in everyone and everything we see, everything we touch, smell, hear, taste. It is showing up as these precious, individualized human beings. Feel that and know that you are true spirit and true spirit is you. Everything of that one spirit, one within the divine. And just as there are no two blades of grass alike, no two grains of sand, no two thumbprints that are exactly the same, there are, thank goodness, no two humans alike. That is why we are here to be our true selves. For me to be me, for you to be you, for your neighbor to be your neighbor, all perfect in our own own special and unique way. One of the greatest grifts that we have is our uniqueness. Yes, sometimes it is that uniqueness for someone else's or someone else's uniqueness where we might experience some difficulties. And yet beneath our personalities or how we show up at times is perfect in its own special way. All we have to do is be ourselves, be our true selves. The person that we know we are here to be and allow us to learn from those times when we are not living from that true spirit within us. That truth in each and every one of us, we call those God qualities. And those qualities include love, compassion, Prosperity, health, kindness, gratitude, joy, and love. Yes, I, I like to say love twice because when we live from love, all those other qualities tend to just naturally show up, bubble up from inside us. And these qualities are the core of our essence. It is who we are. And as using this as our base and then add our own uniqueness, we are all extremely and unwaveringly powerful. With this knowing there is nothing we cannot manifest collectively and individually. So take that in, that knowing our true essence and our true God qualities that are always present, and know that we are all, all awesome points of light, all-powerful, all-loving, all-spirit. And I gratefully affirm these truths for everyone present today and those not present. And I release this into what we call the law, the law that always says yes, always available. And I know it is so, it is true, and it is complete. And together we say, and so it is.
1: This month we're looking at the theme open to possibilities, open. That's us, we have to be open to possibilities. And today we're gonna to look at the idea of living in the question. See, we live in a universe of infinite potential, infinite potential. There's stars, there's galaxies, there's multiple galaxies, there's universes, there's multiple universes, there's all of this, this infinite possibility. On our planet, we see some people who are doing amazing things while others are just barely getting by, and and many are just living the same day, 365 times a year, year after year, kind of a zombie walking dead sort of consciousness. So what's the difference? I think Socrates hit it on the head when he said, the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life. So the key is curiosity. Curiosity, the willingness to examine and to question. You know, when we were young and and fully alive, we asked lots of questions. We were curious about everything. And we were present to it. We weren't trying to figure it out or name it. We were just present to it. You know, I remember, uh, and probably many of you remember, just lying on your back, uh, maybe in the backyard or in a park somewhere, watching the clouds passing overhead. And just, you'd do that for, for an hour or so. Just watching clouds. How many of us have you know watched clouds? Just laid on our back and watched clouds as adults. You know, in the last say six months or so, a few people have. Good for you. Most of us gradually got trained to not ask questions. You know, we got things like "curiosity killed the cat," which, by the way, is a misquote. The original quote actually is "care," which is worry or kind of smothering killed the cat. And I can any of you who have cats know that you can smother that cat. I saw a. a Fabulous little meme on Facebook the other day that showed a cat being just kind of jammed into a people's faces saying that, yeah, you know, more, more cats have died from smashing than they have from any other cause. <laughs> but um, from overloving, overcaring. But we learn not to ask questions, often because the adults that we were of asking them of were either uncomfortable with the questions or they didn't know, they didn't know the answer. Uh, or because they were socially inappropriate questions. I remember my, my older daughter, Eileen, when she was about seven years old, um, a friend was over visiting and she and, and my friend Alan were sitting out on the, on the front doorstep. And I was in the kitchen with the window open, which looks right onto the front step. And Eileen is, is looking at Alan and Alan had a fairly um, pronounced nose. And she looked at him and says, why is your nose so big? And Alan kind of got a little embarrassed and he says, well, it just is that way. But why is it that way? You know, and so Alan kind of is looking at me through the kitchen window. I says, I, I mean, that's that's not an appropriate question. And she goes, but daddy, it's really big. And and we're, you know, the adults are getting more and more, big, you know, embarrassed. And, and, you know, it's like, OK, so I Eileen mean, just let it go. But daddy, it's really big. And for years afterwards, that was a source of, of uh, joking between the two of them after I got a little bit older. And so with experiences like that, we gradually learn to stop asking questions you know, because the adults are uncomfortable with them and all that. We go to school and we learn that there are right answers and wrong answers. And so we settle into wanting to know answers rather than asking questions. And we trade curiosity for certainty. And as we get a little older, we trade it for being cool with our peers. And curiosity and being fully alive isn't cool when we're in our high school years. You want to just you know, not rock that boat. And at the same time, and often because we don't get real answers, we make stuff up. We make stories up based on our limited individual perspective, usually as children. We have this perspective of our life, of our family, of our world without considering other possible viewpoints. And so we have these stories that we make up. And we grow up to become adults living those stories, living within those stories that we decided upon when we were young, and we end up living in these thought cages of lack and limitation. We live in these thought cages of being certain rather than curious. And we live disconnected from life, from the full flow of life. And we trade in what a friend called full frontal aliveness, full frontal wholeness, for properly hidden modesty. And so we live modest lives, modest living, modest love, modest health, modest wealth. You know, the word modesty itself comes from the Latin, which means keeping within measure, keeping within the box, keep it coloring within the lines. And the measure is set by our culture. It's set by other people. And it varies, by the way, from culture to culture. What's being within that? Which tells you that there's no reality to it. It's just a construct. It's a thought cage for the culture. But the real truth is it's spirit, and spirit as our soul, doesn't want modesty. You know, Jesus didn't say, I have come here so that you may have life and have it more modestly. There's no, have life more abundantly. His first miracle, according to John, was to turn six large. I mean, these are almost people-sized water jars into wine, good wine, the best wine of the party. And that was after the wedding partiers had run out. He didn't jump up on a table and give a, a, a temperance speech or a moderation speech. He made more wine, a lot more wine. He healed the sick on the sabbath, which was verboten in that culture. Buddha quit, first of all, his, his life as a prince, in this rich life, and went to become an ascetic, and after five years had the, uh, the aha, that that didn't work either, and so he quit the life of being an ascetic monk, which earned the disapproval of his fellow monks. Zhuangzi, a Daoist, one of the Taoist teachers, when he was offered a position to be an advisor in the court of the emperor, said no. In fact, how he phrased that was these two messengers had come to him, and he was sitting in meditation. They said, you know, the emperor wants you to come to the uh, the palace and be an advisor. And he looks at them and he says, I understand that in the palace there is a 400-year tortoise shell. 400-year-old tortoise shell, wrapped in gold and placed in a place of honor and brought out on special occasions. Tortoise shells were a means of divination uh, in, in uh, the Chinese culture at that time. And he looked at them and said, tell me, would that tortoise rather be honored in such a way, or would he rather be alive and crawling through the mud? And they kind of looked at each other and said, well, he'd rather be alive and cr- crawling through the mud. And he said, then let me be crawling through the mud because he understood that the great honor of being the emperor's advisor would end his freedom. Gandhi not only didn't settle for British rule, which was the good thing, the proper thing to do, he also chose nonviolence as the path to freedom, unlike a whole lot of previous revolutions. People like Dr. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and the other civil rights leaders refused modest living, their version of modest living. They refused to be good negroes who knew their place. And they chose instead to be free people. It's a choice that's continuing to this day. So the key to these acts of tapping into full frontal life is curiosity, is examination. So curiosity challenges the way it is. It begins to dissolve the bars of our thought cages, And we begin to examine: Is this really true, or is this a story I made up? To deal with the story was to deal with pain, or fear, or confusion at some time in my life. This past week, I just recently had the aha. I've been I've been sitting, asking the question in in consciousness for uh, a number of weeks. I've noticed a pattern that was running in my life, and I said, "Where does this come from? What is this about?" And so I remembered as a young boy how I would sit on the heat vent in our dining room and I would rock myself back and forth and kind of hold myself saying, It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And it was a mantra that I repeated over and over again uh, throughout my early teen years. And at its core was, I don't matter. My feelings, my, you know, things don't matter. And it was to deal with how I dealt with the pain of, of my family or, you know, of origin, the stuff that was going on in my childhood. But I never went back and changed it after I moved out. Yep. And until this week when it surfaced, because I was curious about that certain pattern. And as I released that thought cage, I, I just the awareness of it started to release it, and then I some energy work popped up for me, and I did that uh, to really move it out of my body, and I felt this freedom that I haven't felt in years. And it's because of curiosity, it's because of being openness, it's because of dismantling the story as I thought that it was. You know, curiosity has been described as the art of bringing your attention and your immediate experience together, bringing your attention and your immediate experience together. It's kind of a marriage, if you will. Be curious about what's going on around you. There's a saying that you can never put your foot in the the same river twice. You can never put your foot in the same river twice. And the reason for that is because both you and the river are constantly changing. So the you that put your foot in the river five minutes ago is a different you than it is this moment. And the river, of course, has moved on. Everything is new. Everything is new. Everything is happening for the first time ever. So let's take a moment to to play with that in our consciousness. So take a moment now to just become silent. Maybe take a little breath to let yourself center. And listen to the sounds around you without interpreting them. And what I mean by that is, right now I'm hearing rain falling, I can simply sit here and say, oh, it's raining. Or I can listen to the sound without trying to figure it out. Just listen. Some of those sounds are close and others are far away. Some of them are soft. Some of them might be loud. Some of them are outside. Some of them are inside. Some of them might be inside you. Just listen. And take a breath. Be present here. There's a big difference between our stories about life, our thinking about life, and life itself. We are not our thoughts about life. We are not even our feelings or sensations of life. We are awareness itself. We are awareness itself. And we can direct this awareness wherever we want. We can direct this awareness to be stuck in a little room, a thought cage of our own making, running on an endless hamster wheel that we created or were taught long, long ago. Or, take a breath, we can open and be curious, and be attentive, and be aware about life itself. We can live in the individuality of our own cages, or the globality of the beauty, the flow, and the infinite possibilities of life. We can live in modesty, being proper little boys and girls, never rocking the boat of certainty, take a breath, or we can tear off our thought cages of stuckness and have a full frontal experience of life. I invite you to choose the latter. And so there's a couple of questions I'd like to invite you to consider this week. The first one is, how can I more fully engage with life? How can I more fully engage with life? And these two questions, by the way, will be on our Facebook page under practice uh, tomorrow. The second question is, what are my particular thought cages? What are my points where I feel held back, that when I want to feel free, there's something that holds me back? What is that thought cage? And then as you consider and contemplate that thought cage, what is the real truth, the capital T truth, about that? See when I have the thought cage of I don't matter the real truth is yes I do the infinite universe is taking the time and the energy and the thought to be me and must be doing that for a reason and you and so I matter you matter we all matter and then one other practice I invite you to do and that's a mantra and the mantra is a variation on the Ernest Holmes on an Ernest Holmes prayer and that mantra is this There is only one life. This life is God's life. This life is open, expanding, infinite possibilities. And this life is my life now. Say that with me. There is only one life. This life is God's life. This life is open, expanding, infinite possibilities. And this life is my life now. Breathe it in. So I wanted to close with a poem, and I had the right poem. I had a great poem with which to close this talk. And then yesterday, some fool went and wrote a better poem. Well, not a better poem, but another poem that was also fabulous. And so I'm stuck between which one do I use? Which one do I use? And I suddenly remembered, it's not an either or universe. It's a both and universe. So I'm going to close with not one, but two brilliant poems. One from somebody more known, one from somebody a little less known as a poet, uh, both equally loved. And so the first poem comes from John O'Donohue and it's for a new beginning. In out of the way places of the heart where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. Not until it was ready to emerge, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. I watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered. Heard the waves of turmoil turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again, with energy and dream, a path of plenty opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Hold nothing back, Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm, for your soul senses the world that awaits you. And then a poem from Elizabeth Cameron Finkel, who we might know as Buffy. And it's titled Don't Shut the Door. Climb the long, long stairs in your mind, and at the top, find a door. Open this door and go out, or at least peek, into the boundless freedom of all possibilities. Let the wind of these possibilities blow through you and fill you and feel no resistance. And when you go back in the door, don't shut it. Mm. Breathe those beautiful pieces of wisdom in. I know for Buffy's that came through as a vision yesterday in our visioning session yesterday morning. So we have an affirmation to say together. And so join me in this affirmation. I open my eyes with curiosity and awareness to the infinite possibilities of life. Say it one more time, and with feeling, scare your neighbors a little bit. I open my eyes with curiosity and awareness to the infinite possibilities of life. And so it is. So let us close in prayer. Remembering that there's one presence, one, 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 infinite presence, only one life. And it is a life of infinite possibility. There is no limit on spirit. Mm. No limit on spirit. And because we are one of that infinite possibility. There is no limit on us. We are expressions of an infinite divine presence right here, right now. And that is so. There's really nothing more that needs to be said. It is just that, that we are that. And if there's anything that I speak my word to know, it's that just I and we all know that more fully. We take the time this week to listen, to see, to touch, to smell, to taste life. Without thought in between, to just experience life. Ever-changing and yet always trustworthy, life. And I'm so grateful for each of us who is here as part of this life, both as experiencers and the experience of life itself for others. I'm grateful for the awareness that we bring to life and the expanding of our awareness into greater joy and greater love. And so in that consciousness, I release this word, this truth into that which we call the law, that which makes it all happen. We don't have to make it happen. We just make it open and welcome. And the law makes it happen. And it does. And so it is.